Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's your host, John Scardina. I am so excited to have Rachel on the show. She's going to be talking to me about organizational style emergency management. We've been on this kick for a while now to, to look at the different aspects of emergency management, not just public safety, while that's incredibly important, but looking at the campuses, looking at hospitals, looking at universities, looking at all these different aspects of emergency management, especially working in corporations is, is totally different. You have different lines of authority and needs and continuity of operations and all this stuff that's really important. Rachel comes from us from L3 Harris. Now, I just got to give a big shout out real fast. L3 Harris is one of our major sponsors. They've been supporting us for a really long time. This is not going to be an ad for L3 Harris, although the ad for L3 Harris will play later. And they are very cool. Make sure you check out their radios. But we actually are going to talk to the emergency manager who's going to be working in or who works in L3 Harris as their emergency manager for the actual staff. Really cool stuff. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, John. I'm really excited to talk about emergency and crisis management. Perfect. So let's actually dive into just those terminologies here real fast, because when I say emergency management in the U.S., my counterparts in Europe typically call it crisis management. And we've talked about that a little bit. But in terms of a U.S. perspective, why the different terms? Why the, the need to uh, differentiate that? It's actually a really great, great question. And I feel like we're working on standardizing that a lot more. Uh, I know, you know, the ISO is coming up with a standard for crisis management here soon to tie into the security and resiliency um, portions of the ISO, which I'm really excited about because I feel like as emergency management is growing as a field, so is crisis management. So the differentiation, in my opinion, because there isn't really the standard published yet, is that emergency management deals more with the community, whereas crisis management deals more with a business. So in emergency management, we're looking at kind of similar objectives, but we're looking at focusing on the whole community, protecting the whole community. There's a lot more involved with, you know, the community lifelines, things of that nature. Whereas when you're working in crisis management, the parts of like mitigation and recovery are very different because they're business oriented. While we still have the same objectives of life safety and um, protecting the environment and structures, it's just a little different focus. That's so funny. That's a, that's actually a really good explanation of how they're slightly different. Um, you know, there's when I talk, I've talked to the head of security. I've talked to the I've talked to crisis managers. I've talked to the emergency management director. I've talked to people with now you emergency management and crisis management. And all all those positions that I've talked to on this show, they all call themselves um, you know, different titles, but they they all explain coordination and stakeholder involvement. And um, it, it's really funny. You know, one guy was telling me how, you know, he's like, hey, I'm the, the head of security, but I actually don't do anything with the physical security staff. I have somebody who's in charge of physical security and I'm actually doing all the coordination. So when you talk about a lack of standardization, you're like 100% right. I mean, and it's hard to like figure out where those lines are. I like the fact that when there's no standardization, you can go in there and say, okay, if there's no standardization, I'm going to create one for my specific jobs and, you know, my perspective. And so you're able to kind of parcel where you need to spend your time. Essentially, that's kind of what you're getting at, right? That's exactly what I do for a living is, and I feel like that's the best way to do it. A lot of times if you come in with the mentality of this is the way it's supposed to be, this is the framework, this is what, you know, all of the 
the recommended resources say that I do, you're going to fail because you're not putting in the unique flavor of where you're working. You're not looking at your community. You're not looking at what's already established. Hmm. And so when you come in with just the baseline framework, understanding of what our responsibilities are, and that's communication, collaboration, coordination, then you're able to look at what really needs to be done and actually build a program that's successful. Real quick, we're going to pause for this week's Disaster Tough endorsements. How do you spell Doberman Emergency Management? EOP, OEP, HVA, HMP, Thyra, TTX, Drone, PDA. Whenever you need an expert, Doberman Emergency Management field experts are there for support. Contact an expert at DobermanEMG.com today. The L3 Harris Extreme 400P radio solves problems and is specifically designed for emergency services. How do we know? We field tested it with medical, urban search and rescue, and collapse and confined structures. This radio is amazingly tough. Check out the L3 Harris Extreme 400P radio at L3Harris.com right now. Okay, let's jump back in. Yeah, it's, um, that's a really good call out again. Um, you're talking about the different flavors. I, in my mind, I was like, okay, what's the cayenne pepper of emergency management? What's the, <laughs> what's the salt and pepper? Now you're going to have your basics and then you, maybe some time in there, which we never have any of. Never, so, never. There's never time. Um, I'd need to have a chef on the show. Maybe we can go through the, the different flavors of, uh, there's a, there's flavor flave. I don't know. Um, we can make recipes. I love oh that. They we could make an EOC. Do you like cooking? I do. I like, I like, uh, smoking meat on like a barbecue. Like, okay. I, to be I, fair, I prefer baking, which isn't really cooking. It's more of a science than an art. Okay. But can we just no? Uh, that's like saying emergency management, and crisis management, cooking, baking. I know, I know. Sorry. The 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 difference is okay. So my wife, uh, I will make my wife brownies from scratch. That's impressive. I, I will take the box, and I'll pour it in there. Put the eggs, and I'll mix, and I'll mm -hmm. add in the oil, and I'll grease the pan. And I'll throw it in there, and I'll bake it, and I'll say. Aaron, my wife's name is Aaron. I just made you brownies from scratch. And she goes, John, this is not brownies from scratch. And she, you know, she pulls out the flour and everything. I think that's messed up. I think if you have to mix things together, it's a whole other side conversation. But I think from box is scratch. Um, my son makes the most amazing pumpkin bread from Trader Joe's. Like, really? We're obsessed with it. Yes. Okay. First of all, Trader Joe's, if you're listening to this, uh, sponsor our podcast. Um, <laughs> But okay, and send us more pumpkin bread, please. What a funny tangent that is. Um, okay, so if you're into baking and I'm into grilling, and I mm -hmm. add different flavors on top of my meat, like I, I try to do two or three different flavors, uh, just as a fun random exercise that we did not plan at all. This might go terribly. <laughs> what are the basic flavors uh, of emergency management, and how do you enhance the? flavors of emergency management this is going to be so okay. weird so me. what's the salt and pepper scratch this um, whole thing. <laughs> yeah I, no i love it so um salt and pepper i believe is communication coordination collaboration every time those are i'm yeah. going to get those tattooed on my forehead it is so important if we can't talk to one another if we can't work together and we can't make sure that what we're doing lines up with one another if that makes sense then yeah. what are we doing um, that's the basics of any emergency management. I actually 
I'm going to make t-shirts because I say these things so many times that there need to be t-shirts. Um, emergency management and crisis management is relationship management. It is our job to make sure that everyone is working together towards the same goal. So that is the salt and pepper of emergency management. Yeah, I like that. Um, I mentioned cayenne pepper earlier. What's the spice of life in emergency management? Spice of life. Yeah, it's probably my go-to spice. The It's not even like, it just adds a little bit, you know, yeah. adds a little bit of color, adds a little bit of flavor, so not too much. So if you're going to slightly enhance something in emergency management with the cayenne pepper of emergency management, we're going to scrap this entire episode. Uh, I would say... <laughs> Um, you know what? Uh, this is going to be kind of random, but uh, I think it's after actions because after actions, uh, they could really enhance. They really could. I mean, if people did them right, but most mm -hmm. of the time it's like, we'll do an after action. They'll name all these solutions and maybe implement one if you're lucky. So, so I was actually going to say a, a good exercise program, which includes after actions. So mm. I, I agree and add a, a well-planned, well-executed exercise program. I would say that is the, um, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of um, the curry. The oregano? No, 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 not the oregano. Uh, it's um, mutton curry. Is that the one that's really, there's a... No idea. <laughs> <laughs> I love curry. In fact, there's a famous story where we went out to Hurricane Matthew and um, the incident started to die down a little bit. We, we, the, the, basically, the, the storm essentially missed most of Florida. It was supposed to hit, then yeah. it missed. And so we had a little extra time and I went to an Indian restaurant. This is so embarrassing. I went to an Indian restaurant and ate my fill. I love Indian food. It's like some of my favorite food. I went out to an Indian restaurant. It was an all-you-can-eat. I ate way too much. I went back to the J JFO, the Joint Field Office, uh, there in Tallahassee. And I, I came up to the planning section chief. And I was like, I'm sorry. I need to, I need to go pass out. And he's like, what? I'm like, I can't do my job right now. <laughs> I need to go to sleep. And he's like, you're kidding, right? I was like, no. And I went back to my <laughs> hotel. And I slept for like four hours. Just right in the middle of the afternoon. During the middle of a response. Awesome. most unprofessional moment of my life but i was i was so full so i think this is a really good point that food and responding to emergencies are you know intrinsically entwined so i think making an emergency management cookbook is the next step you know what uh that would be probably a pretty fun exercise but it would also be uh terrible for like any type one because it'd be like your two recipes would be like subway sandwiches and like late night little caesar's pizza like that yeah. there you go yeah that's your that's your cookbook but donuts left over from the first shift oh my gosh oh yes they're only slightly <laughs> stale yeah <laughs> dip them in milk um uh, okay let's get back on track here okay. a little bit okay. um that random digression my producer is going to be like what are we going to be doing with that first 10 minutes um okay so organizational style emergency management We've been on this kick where we've been addressing, again, going back to terms, organizational uh, enterprise. Some people call it enterprise emergency management. Yeah. I, When I think about the people, I call it dynamic populations, which has been big asterisks, big kick for us lately, talking about 
how your population constantly changes daytime versus nighttime, um, all those things. And so for an overview perspective or those emergency managers who could who only have worked in public safety or in a, in a college program, we have a lot of college students right now. Can you kind of uh, walk through some of the different nuances of, you know, your job? I think the nuances are the team. So the people I work with, um, there's a lot more involvement with the business continuity and risk management aspect than you would probably have. And again, because business continuity is kind of that mitigation and recovery aspect of emergency management. So we're all a part of that cycle, uh, which leads me to focus more on the preparedness and the uh, response portion of it. So, and then looking at insurance risk versus, you know, a threat and hazard assessment, it's, difficult when you come from the world of public safety and emergency management to explain to people all the bad things that could happen because a lot of times businesses are just looking at insurance risks. So being able to take that framework and that mindset and and interpret it in a way that they understand, I think the interpretation was probably the hardest part in switching over is being able to interpret what public safety emergency management is into a corporate context using the right jargon, the right terms. That one took me a while. I'm still learning. <laughs> That's a well, whole you, new book of words. Basically, my, my thing is your stakeholders, right? Mm-hmm. You are representing an organizational footprint, right? Like the actual campus. First responders show up to show up for an active shooter, for an evacuation, for a fire. What, what name you? Yeah. They are in control because... They have the legal authorities to act. However, yeah. you have all the responsibility from the organizational standpoint to make sure that that process runs smoothly. What do you do in the preparation phase to make sure that 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 response does go smoothly? What what are your actual like job functions? Yeah, we include them. So, I, and I think that's again that relationship management. So, a lot of what I've been focusing on is building relationships. And our security organization had started this before I started. So, I've only been with L3 Harris for about 15 months now. So, it's really in the the early stages of of me putting my my spin on what crisis management is at L3 Harris. Um, so, our security organization has worked really closely with the local PD. Um, I included relationships with our local emergency managers. Um, I also reached out to the state of Florida, uh, our CISA contacts. Um, and then I also reach out to organizations uh, throughout the country and actually across the globe because we're in 29 different countries. So making sure awesome. that yeah, it's super cool, uh, making sure we're making those contacts and just building those relationships so that when I call and I say, I'm from L3 Harris, people know what that means. So, and we're really fortunate and especially working with CISA, they're so amazing. So we're part of the national critical infrastructure as most of the defense industrial bases. Um, we also fall under communications as well. And it really helps that when I have a conversation with those first responders and in the preparation phase, again, shake hands before so you're not pointing fingers after, mm-hmm. um, that I can speak the same language as them. So having that shorthand and being able to have that really easy communication just makes it that much easier. So I feel that people who come from business continuity or the risk legal side of it have their own jargon and don't quite speak first responder. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really believe having that, that ability to speak that same language is what makes us more successful. Primary example of different jargon, mitigation. When I talk about mitigation, 
do law enforcement. We we've been helping out on unfortunately because of real world active shooter stuff lately. And when we say mitigation, they are thinking mitigating the immediate threat, i.e., the the individual is already on site. Now it's time to mitigate and, and to, to 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 react. Essentially, mitigate yeah. equals react. When we say mitigate, or when I typically use mitigate, I'm talking about you're on step one of a, a long road here. Let's how let's let's prevent the shooter from showing up or or you know. And so just understanding that language, that jargon and how it's different and the same words mean totally different things is huge. Uh, I, I've definitely, um, oh my gosh. So uh, I almost pigeonholed my career. Luckily I was able to navigate it out. But when I joined the national strike team, they brought me on because I had an operations background, but they had me lead GIS. And essentially the planning section team said, GISers can't talk to people in operations and you need to bridge that gap. And I would be standing there and GISers would be blue in the face and you know, people in the operations section would be blue in the face and be yelling at each other, be saying the exact same thing. And I'm like, you mean totally different things. You're not even. So, I mean, that's a yeah. great call out. I mean, great, great idea. And I think it's, it's applicable for anybody in any field is like, or any aspect of our field. Hey, are, are you sure that the words that you're saying, what's that phrase from rush hour? You understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Like, <laughs> yes. One of my favorite lines. Uh, yeah. Like, are you at, can you repeat back to me what I just said and what you think it means? So important. Yeah. I actually, um, this was a lesson I learned ridiculously early in my career. So I didn't figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up until I was much older. And then it became very clear that this is the path I was meant to be on. Awesome. And so after I got my degree, I uh, interviewed at a university and the position was, it was advertised very differently than what it was when I got there. And so I believed it was a lower level position. And when I showed up and it was like an eight person panel interview with, you know, university emergency managers from across the country, I was petrified. And it felt like I was taking a final exam. Mm. And I answered all of like the behavioral questions. Well, I, I love interviewing. I know it's silly, but I, I love interviewing. Um, I love talking to people, so that's not surprising. But I was asked questions about jargon, and I will never forget this gentleman's face. And I will never forget the question he asked me, and it was, um, what is uh, incident complex? And I was like, a complex incident? <laughs> One that's very difficult to manage? I didn't know how to respond to it. So... And believe me, when I took 300 and 400, it is now burned into my brain. I do yeah, know what yeah. human complex is. Um, but afterwards, the, the director of the uh, university's public safety department took me aside and had a really great conversation with me. And he said, in this field, you have to speak the language. And the only way you're going to actually learn it is to participate in everything you can, volunteer for everything, read everything. And I did that and I learned very quickly now when I hear people speak and they don't know what blue sky or gray sky means or, you know, something as simple as that. I'm like, clearly you're not in the community. So the words That's, mean a lot. There is, um, I have had so many wonderful, amazing, outstanding uh, people onto this show and yourself included, obviously. And, um, We've had a couple of people, I think, that maybe overshot 
uh, and literally when I say a couple of people, I mean two. So if you if you've seen 115 episodes, if somebody's actually listened to all 115, they might have figured it out. So I don't need to call them out. But there's two people where they definitely overshot, and I had to adjust my conversation with them because I was like, oh, like this is theory for you, like you mm-hmm. you actually don't know. And you and you you talked about something as basic as blue sky versus gray sky, like that is like one hundred and one, like basic. <laughs> and yet, it is actually pretty obvious when somebody's like, "Oh, actually, I don't think you know what that means." Is the other the other thing that happens is when people try to over-explain something, and I'm like, "Oh, I think you're trying to work it out in your mind in real time," and that's okay because people need do need to work it out. But at the same time, uh, you know, your advice volunteer wherever you can read everything you can get involved that's exactly what i did that's the advice that was given to me that was advice i give to other people i've done cert train the trainer i've done symposiums like a higher ed symposium which was nothing to do with what i wanted to do at the time but i just keep on trying to soak in what other people are trying to learn and then there i really do believe that there's there's really nothing like responding to a disaster whether it's somebody's house fire with your red cross or, you know, uh, a massive hurricane, understanding what that actually looks like, very different from people who've done it versus who haven't done it, for sure. Absolutely. In fact, we uh, we got rid of a, a podcaster because he kept on telling people he was like a uh, he was like an emergency manager and he's been doing it for 20 years. And we're like, hey, we looked at your resume, man. You you actually never done it. So. Well, and I, I think that has that goes back to the standardization. What is an emergency manager? So, yeah. you know, is there a certification? Is there a training you're supposed to take? And and it's a profession that's growing. And I'm really excited to be in emergency management at this time because I think it's really exciting. But I also think it's important to recognize that everyone looks at emergency management a little differently and what that means. It's so funny. It's so broad. It's saying emergency management. is like saying you're in business, you know, <laughs> exactly. like, what do you do? Like, and, and I think it's actually okay. I, I think we yeah. should have standardizations that has to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay to say, Hey, based off of this standardization, now I can specialize where I need to specialize. Everybody should coordinate. Everybody should collaborate. Everybody probably commiserates together when we had to deal with this that's, stuff. That's part. Yeah. The, the best thing ever. No, but like that, that that's true. But then dealing with business continuity, which is incredibly important versus creating a shelter, a long-term shelter, like a cooling center and a heat wave. Those are different needs. And it's okay to say that those are different needs. Um, well, I think that was the hardest part. So when I got out of my degree program, trying to get a job in an emergency management agency was darn near impossible. It, they're very small. People stay there for a very long time. You have to be willing to move pretty much anywhere across the country. And so when I started applying for other positions, I started realizing that there are emergency managers that aren't called emergency managers. And that's when I found the position at the Florida Department of Health and uh, as a preparedness planner. And I had no idea. I knew nothing about public health. But I knew enough about emergency management that, and I worked for the most amazing team in my life, great people. And we had people who specialized in public health. I didn't need to know that. I needed to know enough to do my job. But again, we're going back to that salt and pepper. 
what are the basics you need? And then learning everything you can about other things along the way. Uh, I was once given advice, and I can't remember who it was, but it was somewhere in my degree program. It said, go and find magazines from fields outside of yours and read them and, and learn about fields outside of what you do. And sometimes there's another field that has an answer to a problem that you've been searching for. So I try to learn everything I can from everyone I can, because that just makes me better at my job. Okay. This is like getting, this started me getting kind of uh, like, I wouldn't say creepy, but you basically named every single thing that I keep on telling people to do. We, we wrote an article called. That the means app. it's right. Yes. Hooray. Yeah. Like my second witness here. Um, we wrote an article called the Ashley model. It's based off of Ashley Loria Golden's work experience and how she approaches emergency management. She's the COO of Dobro and Emergency Management. And what you just outlined is what she's done, is what I've done, is what other people like Patrick McGinn has done. Really famous guy. He's been on the show a couple of times. Uh, Kevin Coleman, Rodney Melsick, like all these really great people um, who have gone through and say, hey, let me let me just soak in learning I truly believe the smartest person is in the room is not, uh, or the most important person in the room or the smartest person in the room, whatever you want to call it, is not the person who is specialized in the field, but can look across the room and say, I know what all your jobs are. I know your capabilities and your limitations, and I can utilize that. I don't need yeah. to be the expert in public health. I need to be an expert in making sure the public health can talk to the sheltering, to talk to mass communications, to talk to everybody so that there's not miscommunication right and exactly. essentially that's what you're calling out you also called out something else that a lot of emergency managers have reached out to me i get i get i would say almost daily at this point somebody graduating from a program saying i can't find a job somewhere because of x really niche groups i try to tell them to expand their ideas of what em is but you just called out again another thing I'm talking, talking to you a big time here, but you should. <laughs> it's like move anywhere. You have to be willing to move anywhere to do this job. You have to be willing to, to grow your perspectives. Uh, when I went over to a very large tech firm between the National Strike Team and Doberman, uh, and I was doing essentially project management, I was looking at all the, all the people who were getting the, the uh, project management like uh, certifications and how they were approaching it. Uh, you know, waterfall versus, uh, you know, um, agile and all this different stuff. I'm like, why isn't this part of EM? This is standard for what we do. And we try to articulate different. So you're right. There's are different fields that can be applicable knowledge. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I no, about and and second project management, a hundred percent and also change management. A lot of what we do is fixing things, making things better, that process of continuous improvement. And if we're not learning. There are programs of continuous improvement, E3, Kaizen events. Somebody said a Kaizen the other day and I'm like, I don't, I had to Google it. I had no idea what that meant. And when I read what it is, I'm like, I did this all the time yeah, in my old world, <laughs> all the time. Yeah. So yeah, it was. There's a lot of overlap. So we got our salt and pepper is communication and collaboration. I would say the milk and honey is, uh, this is getting this is getting ridiculous again. Uh, <laughs> probably project management, and, and like you said, change management. Yeah. All about moving that needle forward. You have your basic ingredients, and then all that specialization is all the other flavors you want to add into it. 
by the way, if you just have salt and pepper and milk and honey, it's the most bland. And you get add you need to add some more in there. So that is definitely basic. Add more to it. Um, you have definitely added a lot more to it in emergency management and your perspectives and the advice that you've given to people in this episode between how to get, do job interviews, between getting the right jargon, between how to get more experience, between, you know, be willing to travel, all that stuff to be able to be greater in your career. Really great advice. You're definitely better than basic. This has been a flavorful episode, if you will. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on and talking to me today. And um, again, big fan of L3 Harris. And uh, I think L3 Harris has a great emergency manager who's doing good things. And I hope that you can continue to do good things to uh, protect the organization and your local community. Thank you. And I'll see what I can do about this night vision goggles. Oh my gosh. If you give me light night vision goggles, <laughs> I'll have you on the episode. I'm not going to get you some, but trying them on. <laughs> if I get to try on some night vision goggles, we'll have like a Rachel segment every episode. <laughs> Love it. This is your piece of advice from Rachel <laughs> at L3 Harris. I support this. I'll see what I can do. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay. So we also mentioned, so I'm just going to wrap this up here for our, all of our audience. Of course, if you like this episode, five-star rating and subscribe, all that stuff, social media. But she brought up uh, the idea of getting better at preparedness and response. And we talked about dynamic populations. If you haven't signed up yet, we have a couple spots open. I actually think... We actually really are down to a couple spots for our emergency management response for dynamic populations training and certification in Atlanta, Georgia. I believe, Rachel, you're going to be there. I am. I'm super excited. So you can meet a super famous Rachel who's doing things right. She's going to be part of our cohort there. Really great stuff. We have the head of EMI, Jeff Stern, coming. We have Pete Gaynor coming from, uh, from you know, former head of FEMA and uh, acting DHS secretary. Uh, we have Steve Johnson, Seaburn, uh, head of Seaburn for British Army. We have Zach Borst and Eddie Bertola. These really great people who are SMEs in their own right. We have really amazing people who are going to be training everybody. So for all those who are listening right now, check out dynamic populations at the readinesslab.com. And uh, we'll see you for next week. If you have a question, by the way, for us or for Rachel, make sure you put it into our social media comments. We always get the emails. We hope for comments on social media as well. And we'll see you for the next one.